0: is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 619 a.m. Central Daylight Time. It is the 14th of September, 2020. This is episode... 285 of Bitcoin and I'm going DeFi. Going DeFi, man. It's gonna be all sushi all the time now, bro. Why? Well, because we're gonna begin this one off with a coin telegraph piece by Benjamin Prius. Or I'm sorry, Pyrus. Chef Nomi has returned all funds to the sushi swap community. Who would have thought an alleged exit scam could have a happy ending? Nobody. Because it's all a bunch of bull. <laughs> Now, he probably did return it, but happy ending? No, this is actually a sad beginning. Let's just get through this one and I'll comment along the way. In a surprising turn of events, SushiSwap's former head, anonymously known as Chef Nomi on Twitter, has apologized for his or her mistakes and returned $14 million US to the project's development fund. Nomi said in a September 11th tweet thread to everyone, I effed up, and I am sorry. Oh, you sorry. <laughs> On September the 6th, news broke that Nomi had given FTX Exchange CEO Sam Bakeman-Fried control over the SushiSwap project, but not before taking approximately $13 million with him. The funds, which Nomi alone controlled, and that's but that should send off a flag... We're from a $27 million developer fund that was meant to buoy the nascent project. In response to Nomi's actions, Bankman fried told Cointelegraph, quote, I'm extremely happy that Nomi returned the Ethereum, or ETH. It was the right thing to do. We shouldn't forget what he did, but we also shouldn't forget that in the end, he did the right thing, end quote. It should start making your skin crawl, people. I... Nomi returned the funds, apologizing to the community as a whole, as well as to several individuals. Quote, I am sorry that I may have caused you trouble. They told the Binance crypto exchange and banned protocol CTO, I Swab- can't pronounce it, via a tweet. Quote, sorry for being cocky, Nomi added. You guys are awesome builders. Quote, thank you for all your help getting Sushi Swap back when I almost destroyed it. Nomi said to Bankman Fried, Uh, also directing the apology towards several others, including Adam Cochran, uh, CinemaHane Ventures partner who publicly expressed multiple concerns about the Sushi Project. Nomi also said, quote, I have returned all of the $14 million worth of ETH back to the treasury and I will let the community decide how much I deserve as the original creator of SushiSwap in any currency, (coughs) uh, ETH, Sushi, etc., with any lockup schedule you wish, end quote. The former Sushi leader additionally said that they would like to continue helping to develop the project's tech from behind the scenes. Whether the community will accept this offer remains to be seen. hmm okay. Honestly, there's not much to, to comment on. If, for whatever, I will say this, if for whatever reason that you think that this makes it okay, it doesn't it blew massive holes through the entire the entire defi landscape just got a big hole thrown through it right it, it, it you were lucky he did that you were just lucky it is not a happy ending the fact that he could do it at all should just raise the hackles like all should raise hackles all over your body the hairs on the back of your neck should never go down again if you have anything to do with DeFi because this is not the end. This is not a happy ending. And even if it doesn't happen to sushi again, it's going to happen all across the board. How long was Chef Nomi in charge of sushi? Well, how long, how long has sushi been around? We're talking, you're talking weeks, guys. Not months, not a couple of years, not two or three handfuls of years. No. This thing is brand new and it already got a great big hole shot through it by its own developer, no less. (sighs) Guys, this is not going to stop. You were warned. (laughs) You were warned. Top five lightning games in 2020. This is out of BTC Times. Uh, Andrew Yang is writing this one on September the 13th. Throughout the history of Bitcoin, games have played a recurring role in the leading cryptocurrency's adoption. Online dice-based betting game Satoshi Dice was one of the earliest and most popular game applications that gained traction in the Bitcoin space. Just three weeks after its official launch on BitcoinTalk.org in April of 2012, Satoshi Dice all but single-handedly facilitated an all-time high in Bitcoin transactions. Satoshi's Place played a similar role for Bitcoin's Lightning Network in 2018. The online multiplayer game allows anyone in the world to paint on a virtual graffiti wall by changing pixels through lightning payments. Satoshi's Place became the first application to provide real traction in the early stages of the lightning network, processing over 58.8 million Satoshis by August of 2019. Since then, multiple new lightning games have hit the market, ranging from mini-games for mobile users to Mario Kart-style racing competitions, all of them implement Lightning payments in their game to not only explore the new opportunities made available on Bitcoin's Layer 2, but also gamify the approach to Lightning for new users. Here are our picks for the top five Lightning Network games of 2020. Bitcoin Bounce is a mobile game in which players compete to travel as far as possible on the, quote, blockchain. Users can earn up to, oh, sorry, Users can earn power-ups to improve their scores and collect tickets on their bouncing journey. In order to enter regular prize drawings and win Satoshis, the app uses Lightning Network to allow players to instantly cash out prizes. Since launching its beta in January of 2020, Bitcoin Bounces awarded over 10 million Satoshis, which is about $1,000, through 121,000 transactions. Thunder Games... The team behind Bitcoin Bounce also recently launched a new lightning-based mobile game called Turbo 84, which requires players to avoid obstacles by rapidly changing lanes in a race car. Light Knight is a third-person shooter battle royale with minimalistic, low-poly design characters. Light Knight has built their game around Bitcoin as their in-game currency. Players earn sats through their gameplay by either fragging an opponent, picking up a unique item, or winning a round. Users can also trade skins with each other. Lightning balances update in real time and are instantly withdrawn upon exiting the game. The team behind Light Knight is Satoshi Games Incorporated, who also created Satoshi's Games, a web-based gaming platform. Bitcoin Rally is a racing game reminiscent of Mario Kart. Players race against each other on a racetrack, collecting coins to throw at opponents and breaking mystery boxes to gain power-ups. Those who rank first, second, and third win prizes denominated in Satoshis, which can be instantly withdrawn. Bitcoin Rally further adds a unique element by breaking down the fourth wall in-game and allowing viewers to drop messages and power-ups for players through Lightning Network payments. Bitcoin Rally developer Zebedee primarily focuses on building software development kits and APIs for other Lightning Network game developers. Bitcoin Bounty Hunt is a first-person shooter in which players fight one another to collect bounties which are later converted into Bitcoin. There are multiple ways to earn bounties, such as finding them in the game world, killing other players, watching advertisements, and receiving them from viewers who pay to drop them in-game. Players can also buy skins for their characters via lightning. What makes Bitcoin Bounty Hunt unique is that the game offers a non-custodial experience by including a lightning wallet upon download. The game has processed over 500,000 transactions since March of this year. Bitcoin Bounty Hunt was created by the team at Donner Labs, which is leading the development of a non-custodial open-source lightning network node built specifically for gaming purposes. Donner Labs also previously developed another lightning game called Donner Dungeon. Escape QR is a simplistic but addictive browser-based game in which users attempt to escape a maze in the shape of a QR code. (laughs) That's cool, man. The map is modeled after the lightning invoice that is paid in order to start the game once the maze appears. Users can move around using directional pad and break through walls via mouse clicks. Other dimensions of the game include the ability to collect Bitcoin stacks to extend their time and the addition of a villain chasing them in the form of a dollar icon named Fiat. (laughs) The team behind Escape QR includes Keith Mukai, Jason Don, and Sanity Crypto. The trio built the game as a passion project in anticipation of the Bitcoin 2020 conference. As well as to help adoption of the lightning network, yeah, and the bitcoin twenty twenty conference did not go on, apparently we'll have to wait for the bitcoin twenty twenty one conference that was just sad, man that there was like no bitblock boom was the only in person conference, I think, in the entirety of the space, certainly for Bitcoin, but not a whole lot of conferences had the had the balls uh to uh, put on a face-to-face one in the age of COVID. <clears throat> Why a temporary bear market won't pull Bitcoin below $10,000 again. not. Is that you? No, it's Adrian Clint writing for Zai Crypto sometime around September the 13th. Cryptocurrency rating platform, oh God, Weiss Crypto Ratings has averted the worries of many Bitcoin users who are all currently witnessing the bearish downtrend that struck the market a few days ago in a notable tweet. Weiss is confident that the bear trend, speculated to die down quickly, isn't strong enough to pull Bitcoin below $10,000 in the near term. At press time, volatility is still high for the most valued digital asset, which has declined by more than 10% since the month began. At the time of this riding, Bitcoin is worth $10,317. And according to Weiss, Bitcoin is holding strong at this point. A drop below $10,000 equals Bitcoin dropping by nearly 5.5%. And trading at prior support around the 9,500 and 9,800 mark. But Weiss is certain that the possibility of a swift bearish turn is not in sight, as the tweet reads quote, Bitcoin price bounces at 10K. We don't think BTC is going to go below 10K anytime soon. With reference to Ethereum, Weiss claims that the 10K BTC price break is simply short term support. Quote, it's support just like 350 was support for ETH. For BTC, we're looking at least a temporary short term low, Weiss asserted. From the technicals on Bitstamp, a quick look at the one week chart will reveal that recapturing $11,000 is not impossible for the big bull. Evidently, the bulls are holding strong with a significant bullish pattern reversal or reversal pattern preceding every bearish interference. Since the 6th of September, every significant bearish trend has been diluted by the bulls, who have managed to keep the market in moderation. Although the strength in defense has not been crucial enough to foster a correction in price movement, Bitcoin is well poised for a flip in price, at least to a prior resistance of 10500 That could potentially become support if a notable upswing in price is realized. Still, on the topic of Bitcoin being propitious, The number of wallet addresses holding at least one BTC has proliferated. 823,000 is now the new all-time high for one BTC wallet holders. That's a BTC wallet holding at least one BTC. in it. Bitcoin isn't the only cryptocurrency investors are tossing their coins into. Ethereum has also witnessed an impressive increase in addresses. And just like Bitcoin, Ethereum investors have turned a blind eye to the volatility in price. It's not certain when Bitcoin breaks the 12,000 rooftops as it did at the beginning of this month, but the rise in investment interest is yet another organic indicator that Bitcoin's intrinsic value is as present as ever. And yes, of course, why not? It's about the only time that I'll ever agree with Weiss, although we can always go below 10,000. Dude, if you're not in it for the long haul, then you're doing it wrong. Blockstream joins force with Square in crypto open patent alliance. Andrew Yang On September the 11th, is writing this for BTC Times. Bitcoin infrastructure company Blockstream announced that it it has joined the Crypto Open Patent Alliance, or COPA, COPA Cabana, a day after the nonprofit organization was launched by Square. According to its official website, COPA seeks to prevent patent lockups of cryptocurrency technologies, which may hinder smaller companies from leveraging technological developments, stifling growth and innovation of emerging cryptocurrency technologies. The alliance requires all members to sign a legally binding pledge to make their cryptocurrency patents freely available and not use them against anyone except for defensive purposes in order to ensure that the innovations can be used without fear of litigation. Members must also commit all of their cryptocurrency patents to a patent pool available for other members to use defensively. A patent is a right granted by an inventor by the United States Patent and Trademark Office for a certain period of time. The patent allows the inventor to prevent others from making, selling, or using their invention during the lifetime of the patent. While the purpose of patents is to incentivize investors or inventors to disclose inventions without fear of plagiarism, patents have also been historically abused and leveraged defensively. One of the ways this is manifested is in the form of patent trolling, which involves an entity hoarding patents in order to earn money through licensing or litigation. Today, patent trolling has become such a prevalent problem that a recent study estimated approximately 90% of patent lawsuits in the tech sector were filed by non-practicing entities, otherwise known as trolls. Through its patent library, COPA pursues the establishment of a collective shield of patents that allow members to deter and defend against patent aggressors. Prospective members do not need their own patents to join the alliance. Speaking of to the BTC Times, Blockstream C.S.O. Samson Mo said, quote, "In an ideal world, patent law would be reformed, but unfortunately, it is very challenging to invalidate patents. And the best defense against patent abuses to patent is to patent and make technology available under defensive intellectual property schemes. Not doing so would put Bitcoin development at risk. Blockstream's patents were filed for this defensive purpose." and have always been open to all under our patent pledge. We hope that by joining forces with Square and having more companies adding additional resources, our DPL initiative can be expanded. Together, we should be able to build a strong alliance to keep Bitcoin innovations open to all, In quote. Blockstream is the first company to announce that it is joining forces with Square and is interested to work with the COPA board. We, with an already established defensive patent strategy launched in 2016, the firm is now doubling down on its commitment by joining the alliance. Blockstream brings with it several existing patents, which will be added to the shared patent pool, namely the patents for confidential transactions, sidechains, confidential assets, HSM peg proofs, and confidential cross-chain swaps. I'm, I'm bullish on it. I'm. Yeah. Can it go south? Anything can go south. <clears throat> Bitcoin can drop below ten thousand. Anything can go south. Okay. But the fact that they're at least doing it, you know, is is in my mind is is really bullish. And also, I hope it pisses Craig right s- straight off. <laughs> one can refuse China's. Diff- no one. No one can refuse China's digital currency says central bank executive Helen Parts writing this one for Cointelegraph very early this morning. The digital renminbi is legally compensatory to China's fiat currency. China's central bank digital currency, or CBDC, known as the digital yuan, should be regulated in line with cash-related laws, according to a senior executive at the country's central bank. In an opinion article on September the 14th, Fan Yefai, uh uh-oh, a deputy governor of the People's Bank of China outlined the major regulatory principles for the operation of the digital yuan, the digital representation of the official currency of the People's Republic of China. According to Fan, the digital remem- renminbi, I never can say that very well, is legally compensatory to the traditional fiat currency in an article or in the article. The deputy governor outlined that the digital RMB is mainly positioned as M0, which means that the digital currency is part of the supply of paper notes and coins. As such, the digital RMB needs to comply with laws and regulations related to cash management, Fan said. The deputy governor went on to say that, according to the RMB's indemnity provisions, the digital RMB could be used to pay all public and private debts within the territory of our country. Fan emphasized that the digital currency should be accepted everywhere in the country and no unit or individual may refuse to accept accept it if the conditions are met. Oh, man. Fan also said that the digital uh, renminbi must comply with laws and regulations on cash management, anti-money laundering, and combating, you guessed it, terrorist financing. The digital yuan is reportedly being piloted in a number of regions in China, including Beijing, Tianjin, P. B. and the Hong Kong Greater Bay Area in, lo- in late August, Reuters reported that the PBOC is planning to use the digital currency at the 2022 Winter Olympic Games. <clears throat> okay, forced to take this bullshit digital fiat coin because that's what it is. It's just fiat, and most of the money is already digital anyway. Okay, so this is really, honestly, this is nothing new, and the fact that it's just going to be inflated to death like everything else that they have their con- little mitts on. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is why we Bitcoin. Right? So this changes this changes nothing except for the fact that now, now you are legally responsible. If you're a Chinese citizen, Okay, you are legally responsible for having the infrastructure in place if you're a business to accept this bullshit coin. That's all this means is that you're going to have to go get some infrastructure. We don't know what it looks like, we don't know how, you know, what, you know, we don't know if it's going to be expensive to do or not. But the thing is is that you're going to be legally responsible for being able to accept this bullshit coin at your place of business, whether you're service, retail, you know, restaurant, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You're you're forced to take this bullshit coin. Again, this is why Bitcoin Bitcoin takes its next step towards implementing Schnorr. This was written by Andrew Yang for BTC Times. September the 11th, Bitcoin Core has taken a significant step in implementing Schnorr signatures by merging BIP340 support into the LibSecP256K1 library. The update introduces an experimental module named SchnorrSig that implements the signing and verification of schnorr signatures as well as test vectors and a benchmarking tool although this does not mean that the use of schnorr is currently live on the bitcoin network it does represent a significant step forward quote with this merged the pull request that adds taproot to bitcoin core can be taken much more seriously bitcoin developer ben carman of shared bits shared with the btc times the pull request was first opened by Blockstream's Jonas Nick in September of 2018 and merged after two years of intense review. Those who participated in its testing including include notable Bitcoin Core contributors such as Andrew Polstra, Greg Maxwell, Peter Woola, Ben Carman, Max Hillebrand, John Newberry, Russell O'Connor, and Tim Ruffing. The next steps for Schnorr involve creating a separate pull request in order for Bitcoin Core to use the latest version of the LibSec P256K1 library. This will allow the reference client to call on the newest version of the library to sign and verify Schnorr signatures based, uh, or uh, to sign and verify Schnorr based signatures and will make reviewing the current version of the Taproot pull request significantly easier. This proposal is expected to be merged fairly quickly as the last update of the library took only three days. So we are really get, getting very, very close to uh Schnoor. and having this, having this pull request finally, finally merged in after two years. You know, that's good news. Although, you know, I guess the, the worry on everybody's mind is, is this going to turn into a big block debate? Cause if it, I don't want to see that shit again. It was fun that one time. Honestly, it wasn't all that fun, but it, I'm, well, okay, it was fun, but it was fun in a really kind of scary way. And I, I would rather have my fun be much less scary, but it it could. I mean, this could turn into one of those things. Although the saving grace here is that everybody that was pissed off about the big block thing sort of left the building, Right. They're kind of gone. Roger Ver's gone. He's got his own shit coin, which is languishing in hell. Yeah, uh, Craig Wright is gone. He's got his own, God, blockchain. I hate hate even saying that word anymore. Which is also languishing over there in Hellsville. And er, I mean, everybody that was bitching and moaning and crying and, and like getting their feelings hurt during the, you know, that just did not want segregated witness to come in they're all gone thank you know and thank god that's the only saving grace about what you know all the stuff that comes next is that maybe it won't be like pulling teeth to get it done but we i mean honestly we're gonna have to see let's run the numbers Okay, index futures, we're saved, apparently. Uh, we are like, all everything's going to open positive this morning. We've got the Dow futures up a point. We've got S&P futures up a point and a quarter. NASDAQ futures up up a point and a half. S&P mini is up a point and a quarter. So we're saved. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, nothing to see here. No worries. Oil is down a third of a point. Brent uh, is down... And a fifth of a point and that's Brent North sea oil is as opposed to West Texas intermediate. There's two kinds of, of pricing in the world. Natural gas, however, is on a tear again. I, I, somebody please DM me and explain to me what the hell's going on with natural gas. Why is it up five points today? It's at $2 and 38 We'll get you a thousand cubic feet of the, of the smelly stuff. Um, I, I just, honestly, I don't get it because it's like these wild fluctuations in natural gas. I don't know what that is. I mean, I, I can only assume that it has something to do with futures and futures markets and derivatives and whatnot. I don't think it's like, I don't think this kind of volatility is caused by all of a sudden a whole bunch of people needing natural gas. And then all of a sudden those same people don't need natural gas anymore. So somebody please tell me what the hell's going on with nat gas and why we're seeing swings of anywhere between 3 and 7% on the down to the downside or to the upside it makes no sense but this one does talking about real money here bitcoin is at $10,465 i've got a high at bit asset at 10,471.96 and it looks like my low is going to be over at coinbase pro at $10,460 283 transac- or 283,000 transactions have occurred in the last 24 hours. That's about 11,800 transactions on average per hour. 2.6 million BTC have been sent around the horn in that period. That means that about 112,000 BTC are being sent on average every hour with an average transaction value of 9.5 BTC and a median transaction value closer to where I normally see it, 0.033 which is about 350 bucks. Block times are a minute off. Okay, so they're coming in every 9 minutes right now. We have 0.35 BTC being taken in fees on a per block basis. 56 and a quarter BTC have been taken in fees over all in the last 24 hours. Holy shit. We're at 145.23 exahashes per second for the hash rate. <laughs> Holy crap. That they had a minimal move to the upside in the last 24 hours, but my God, the the number is just, that's extraordinary. 145 exahashes per second. Ethereum at 370, Bcash at 225, Litecoin at 48, BSV, who cares? Ethereum Classic is at five bucks. Dogecoin kind of bouncing off of its low. It's coming back up 0.0028. 44,000 transactions of the last 24 hours puts it in front of Ethereum Classic, Litecoin, and clearly Bcash, which is, again, languishing in hell. Clark Moody's Bitcoin. This is bitcoin.clarkmoody.com forward slash dashboard. He's got a price at 10458 for the orange coin. Running the numbers, uh, Clark comes up with 18,488,971.08 BTC with 5,588 transactions waiting to clear. It'll take three blocks to do such. Lightning Network, we are at 1,072.84 BTC. That's $11.2 million worth of liquidity across 7,473 nodes representing 36,861 channels. Uh, Tor capacity continues its rise. It is now 50.4% of the total Lightning network. That means that four, or sorry, 540.81 BTC are in the Tor side of the Lightning network, and that means that there are two th- not, doesn't mean it just there are sorry there are 2,392 nodes on the Tor side of the Lightning network again network capacity for tor now stands as the majority of the lightning network the majority 50.4 percent as far as i can tell that is an all-time high that's gonna do it for vitals Welcome to round two of the morning roundup. Let's start this one off with a statement. Are you tired of video games? Sucking? Not having any artificial intelligence? That kind of shit? Wait no further. Newsroom. This is a press release from NVIDIA's newsroom or nvidianews.nvidia.com. This was uh, printed Sunday, September the 13th. NVIDIA to acquire ARM for $40 billion, creating the world's premier computing company for the age of artificial intelligence. NVIDIA and SoftBank Group Corp today announced a definitive agreement under which NVIDIA will acquire ARM Limited from SBG and the SoftBank Vision Fund. Together, they make SoftBank. In a transaction valued at $40 billion, the transaction is expected to be immediately accretive accretive accretive, sorry, to NVIDIA's non-GAAP GAAP gross margin and non-GAAP earnings per share. The combination brings together NVIDIA's leading AI computing platform with ARM's vast ecosystem to create the premier computing company for the age of artificial intelligence accelerating innovation while expanding into large high-growth markets. SoftBank will remain committed to ARM's long-term success through its ownership stake in NVIDIA expected to be under 10%. Quote: AI is the most powerful technology force uh, of our time and has launched a new wave of computing, said Jensen Huang, founder and CEO of NVIDIA. In the years ahead, trillions of computers running AI will create a new internet of things that is thousands of times larger than today's internet of people. Our combination will create a company fabulously positioned for the age of AI. Okay, I'm going to pause to let that one sink in trillions of computers running AI will create a new internet of things that is thousands of times larger than today's internet of people. He's not lying. Uh, the internet of shit is a great Twitter account. If you're not following it, I think it's straight up at internet of shit. Um, and it, you know, pokes fun at the internet of things and the internet of things is rather stupid in my opinion. However, just because I think something is stupid doesn't mean that it's not going to happen, okay? It, the internet of things is going to happen. What he's talking about here is that computers are going to be like they're not going to need us to talk to each other, and they're not. They're going to be and they're going to be transacting with each other. It's going to be interesting. It can also be very dangerous. Just but be aware this shit is coming whether you like it or not. Continuing on, Simon Seegers and his team at ARM have built an extraordinary company that is contributing to nearly every technology market in the world, uniting NVIDIA's AI computing capabilities with the vast ecosystem of ARM's CPU. We can advance computing from the cloud, smartphone, PCs, self-driving cars, and robotics to edge IoT, or the Internet of Things, and expand AI computing into every corner of the globe. Well, this combination has tremendous benefits for both companies, our customers, and for the industry. For ARM's ecosystem, the combination will turbocharge ARM's R&D capacity and expand its IP portfolio with NVIDIA's world-leading GPU and AI technology. And then there's just like a whole bunch of other quotes from other executives representing either NVIDIA or ARM. But dude, yeah, just just wait. Video games and a whole bunch of other stuff are, are going to get... Going to get super cool, man. Well, some things are going to get super stupid. But like I said, just because I think something is stupid doesn't mean it ain't going to happen. And AI-powered Internet of Things is going to happen, so just be aware. One of the most seminal and legitimizing events in Bitcoin history flying under the radar, says Galaxy Digital. Daily HODL staff writing for the Daily HODL, clearly, September the 13th. Crypto investment firm Galaxy Digital says Bitcoin has pulled off one of the most important events in its nearly 12-year history. In a new market report from Galaxy Fund Management Portfolio Manager Paul Capelli points to the fact that a, that software giant and intelligence firm MicroStrategy purchased, well, you know, $250 million in Bitcoin as a monumental event that's been flying under the radar. Quote, unbeknownst to many casual observers... August saw one of the most seminal and legitimizing events for the space to date. MicroStrategy Incorporated, a business intelligence software firm publicly traded on NASDAQ, announced a balance sheet investment of $250 million into Bitcoin. This represents nearly 20% of the firm's overall cash position, with CEO Michael Saylor citing that cash returns were failing or fading amidst a weakening dollar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. End quote. Galaxy Digital says the corporate Bitcoin buy could be a sign of what's to come and a growing number of money managers question the future of the U.S. dollar amid trillion dollar stimulus measures and global economic instability. Quote, while it's unclear how many other companies have chosen to use working cash to invest in Bitcoin under the current macro environment, this could be an indication of what is yet to come as a sophisticated base of investors. Consider the long-term impact on uh, of inflation due to COVID-19, unprecedented government stimulus, and global political, social, and economic uncertainty. End quote. In a recent interview on the What Bitcoin Did podcast, the pseudonymous analyst Plan B also underscored the importance of the move. He says the investment is essentially an ETF, offering Wall Street investors a simple way to gain exposure to BTC. Quote, I was thinking banks, pension funds, maybe countries would invest in Bitcoin, but never ever did it occur to me that listed companies would do that as well. Of course, they have the same problem with all that cash on their balance sheet, especially in Europe with negative interest. And if there are limited listed or sorry, and if there are listed companies, I noticed that a lot of people didn't see the importance of what MicroStrategy did, but because it's a listed company, it means that people can put Bitcoin or Bitcoin exposure in their pension funds, they could just call their broker and they can't say, give me some Bitcoin in my pension fund, but they can say, get me these companies because those are my pension scheme. And in that way, you could see MicroStrategy as an ETF, end quote. In its announcement, MicroStrategy offered two primary reasons for its groundbreaking investment in BTC. The firm says it believes the leading cryptocurrency offers not only a potential hedge against inflation, but also a higher chance of earning large returns with, uh, compared to other investments. All right, so that's the end of the article. And yeah, I mean, why am I even bringing this shit back up? It's, we all know, if you've listened to the show, I've talked about the MicroStrategy strategy by a couple of times. The reason I'm bringing it up again is because we're, we seem to be the only people in the world that know what happened. If you're a Bitcoiner, you know what happened. I had to tell my sister about it. The MicroStrategy is a huge company. You're talking about a quarter of a billion dollars. They bought 0.1% of the entire supply of Bitcoin. And I can't remember if that is 1% of what is already in circulation or what will ever be in circulation. I can't remember, but it doesn't matter considering there's over 18, like there's around 18 and a half million Bitcoin out there floating around that's been mined. With just a scant amount left to be mined into the year, what is it, twenty twenty one forty or something like that? So when MicroStrategy did this, I mean, yeah, it's great that that you can use MicroStrategy as an ETF in your pension fund, which is probably what what I may do with mine. I might call up my guy and say, I want you to start transitioning over to you know everything over to to MicroStrategy. I'm not well, not everything. I mean, and, honestly, I should just bail out of the whole damn thing and buy Bitcoin. But it's just an example of what normies can do. But the problem is, is that normies still don't know what happened. So if you're ever in a conversation with a normie and they're like, I don't know, pointing at you and still laughing for whatever reason, people still laugh about Bitcoin, or they question its validity, or they question its value proposition, or they just say, well, you know, you're right. And apparently, you know, this, this sailor CEO is a complete idiot for dumping a quarter of a billion dollars directly into Bitcoin. The, now, my sister doesn't laugh at this shit anymore. And I mean, actually, she never really did. But when I told her about MicroStrategy, she didn't know. She's not in a situation where she doesn't understand what's going on in business. That's As her job, she works for a corporation, right? They, you know, listen to CNBC. They read Wall Street Journal and stuff like that. And yet nobody knew. Nobody still seems to know what MicroStrategy did. And they, if they do, they certainly probably don't understand the significance of what actually transpired. Okay. So again, if for whatever reason, you're talking to somebody out in Normie land and they give you the business about Bitcoin, just say, you know what, you're right. Clearly this, this sailor guy from MicroStrategy is a complete idiot for dumping 250 million dollars. Cuz the the first thing that they're going to ask is what is MicroStrategy? <laughs> and then you get to tell them what their balance sheet looks like. Uh and then they'll be at that point they start going oh shit. That's right. They will start going oh shit when they realize the gravity of that situation. That's an oh shit moment. So keep the micro-strategy Bitcoin buy in your back pocket for use later when out in Normieville. Now, nothing can, nothing can save this shit. Bitcoin Cash hits new low versus Bitcoin as Draper deletes Twitter praise. September the 13th, William Suberg writing, writing for Cointelegraph, Bitcoin's controversial hard fork now buys less BTC than ever before as one analyst warns that buyer support has disintegrated, <laughs> like melted away. Oh, it's sublime! Altcoin Bcash is plunging new lows against, or sorry, plumbing new lows against BTC after crashing through fresh support. Data from price tickers include, including Cointelegraph Telegraph Markets and Coin Market Cap, confirm that BCH/BTC is now at its worst levels in Bitcoin Cash's three-year history. At press time, 1BCH bought just 0.022 BTC. That's 92.2% less than at its peak of 0.285 BTC in December of 2017. Uh, Bcash launched as an offshoot from BTC in August the same year, at the time enjoying support from various industry figures and businesses. This subsequently began to wane as the altcoins' popularity failed to compete with bitcoins, leaving a dedicated but vocal group of supporters as its main users. A subsequent hard fork saw the emergence of BSV in 2018, accompanied by high-profile infighting characterized by spats between BCH proponent Roger Ver and media mogul Calvin Air. Bcash began its most recent downward spiral against BTC in February of 2020 after hitting year-to-date highs Of 0.44 BTC, for entrepreneur and commentator Alistair Milne, the outlook of the pair looked bleak, with no discernible buy levels left intact. Quote, Bcash versus Bitcoin, now in downward price discovery. (laughs) He pointed out on Saturday, no support levels left, having hit new all-time lows last week. Oh, man. Bitcoin, meanwhile, remains locked in a battle for market dominance with the surging altcoin scene. On the back of the DeFi movement's success, BTC now accounts for 55.8% of total cryptocurrency market cap, its lowest since April of 2019. Despite fluctuations in market presence, however, opinion has long coalesced around Bitcoin over its hard forks, leaving BCH and BSV with little attention. To be honest, it looks like a big bubble, Narek Gevorgian... Devorgian, I guess, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, CEO of crypto portfolio tractor CoinStat summarized in an online debate. He added that how BCH remained one of the top 10 largest cryptocurrencies by market cap was a mystery. (laughs) Clearly, Uh, quote, literally nobody cares about Bcash, but it's still in top 10. He wrote, oh, dude, that's a kick in the crotch. BCH even failed to capitalize on an endorsement from billionaire Tim Draper this month, the latter having tweeted praise of both its properties and Ver himself. In the event, Draper tagged an account impersonating Ver in his complimentary tweet, but confirmed in a subsequent interview that he authored it. Oh, he so he did write that tweet. "Oh, you poor dumb son of a bitch." Quote, I talked to Roger Ver and he did create a token. I didn't realize that it had security problems, but he did create a token that was easily moved, he said. Quote, so yeah, I did put that tweet in. Then I did a little more research and I pulled it off. Oh man, I admire people who try new things, who do new things, and I'm less religious about one token or another, end quote. Maybe you should have been, Tim. Maybe you should have been. BTC Proof of Work has vastly outpaced BCH and BSV combined since their launch. Oh my god, they called it BTC Proof of Work. Oh, dude. What? No. Bitcoin has vastly outpaced BCH and BSV combined since their launch, with the accompanying lack of activity leaving both open to security vulnerabilities, which Draper mentioned. According to online resource Crypto51, the theoretical current cost of launching a 51% attack for one hour is around 50 times as much in U.S. dollar terms against BCH than BTC. $9,914 versus (laughs) $554,000. Another version of Bitcoin, uh, formerly popular Bitcoin gold, can now be compromised for just $312. Jeez, by God Almighty, that's just sad. Apple force forces Coinbase to change its crypto products, says Brian Armstrong. Marie Juliet writing for Cointelegraph sometime early this morning. Brian Armstrong has taken Apple to task over its allegedly exclusionary policies towards crypto app developers. Brian Armstrong, CEO of United States Cryptocurrency Exchange Coinbase, alleges that Apple is stifling innovation in crypto and sidelining DeFi, to protect itself from competition. In a Twitter thread published on September the 11th, Armstrong doubled down on his earlier claims that Apple continues to block some functionalities for crypto developers. The CEO alleged that other cryptocurrency firms are reluctant to speak out on these topics for fear of retaliation, but that he feels the need to speak out as Coinbase has exhausted regular channels for dialogue with Apple and has reached a quote dead end. According to Armstrong, Apple has told Coinbase that it is prohibited from adding two specific functionalities to its iOS app, the ability to earn money using cryptocurrency and access to decentralized finance apps. God, I wonder why. The first restriction, which affects the exchanges Coinbase's Earn product, has reportedly led to Coinbase having to modify its app in a way that is significantly less user-friendly. Now, Coinbase Earn is a terrible product, Brian. It... It's just a horrible <laughs> paying people to learn how to affect their own demise is probably not in Apple's best interest. You idiot. The CEO that claimed that these restrictions are specific to cryptocurrency users stating quote, why would Apple want to prevent people from earning money during a recession? Oh, that's bad argumentation, dude. They seem to not be okay with it. If it uses cryptocurrency for iOS users, Armstrong claimed crypto apps lack features because not because of developers inactivity, but because those features are being censored by Apple, of course. In addition, Apple reportedly bars Coinbase from providing app users with a list of decentralized applications or DeFi apps, both of which are really just websites. Apple's justification for this has apparently been that your, the Coinbase, that's in brackets, app offers Cryptocurrency transactions and non-embedded software within the app, which is not appropriate for the App Store, end quote, noting that DeFi apps and or D apps and DeFi apps can regardless be accessed via web browser on any smartphone. Armstrong claimed that Apple's decision is motivated by a conflict of interest. While these restrictions are ostensibly designed to protect uh, customers, it increasingly looks like they are also protecting Apple from competition. He wrote probably don't want to get in don't want to get into a lawsuit by compelling users to use the apple app store instead of d apps or in-app purchases instead of crypto payments armstrong claimed that apple's actions have a parallel in microsoft past antitrust issues when it compelled window users to use its proprietary browser internet explorer during the coronavirus crisis when underbanked and unbanked populations may face even greater difficulties Accessing, accessing traditional financial services, Armstrong accused Apple of placing yet a further barrier to financial inclusion. Coinbase is reportedly planning to submit a formal request to Apple to amend its App Store uh, policies. And they're, if they do it, I'd be surprised. Because honestly, both of those systems that, that Coinbase so desperately needs Apple to admit are both, both, put Apple... The the entire industry or the not industry, the entire corporation of Apple puts it in real danger of getting their ass sued. For instance, let's say that uh, Apple allows Coinbase Earn uh, to to go on. Well, that means that they're complicit in somebody learning how to buy some shit coin and then mortgaging their house and then losing everything. And guess where they're going to look? They're gonna look to sue because they're gonna have they're gonna have cause. No, you should not do that stuff. Yes, you should be smart enough to avoid this shit. But people are gonna do it anyway, and they're gonna sue. It's gonna happen. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. The other thing, DeFi, it's the same reason. Now, I don't know this. I'm not a lawyer and I haven't consulted one, but my my gut estimate here is that. If you allow people on your platform to get wrecked as shit, someone's going to sue you, which is one of the reasons why I'm very surprised that the Robinhood app is allowed. That has already wrecked a few people. So we'll we'll have to see, man. I, I don't know about any of this, but Brian crying about this, you know. You know. Anyway, so he's, he's distracted. So uh, all the rest of the companies, please take the time to move in. Bands and brands, what centralization does to business. Wes Levitt, writing for Cointelegraph September the 13th. The failures of centralization and protecting individual and business data have been highlighted, repeat, highlighted repeatedly over the past few years. Facebook, Google, Twitter, Microsoft, Sony, and many more have all faced large-scale data hacks that have exposed the private information and more of their customers. The problem is not just data theft. Banks, financial institutions, and cryptocurrency exchanges have all suffered at the hands of malicious actors. Yet huge amounts of information about our lives and livelihoods are still entrusted to centralized organizations simply because that has always been the way things are done. With the onset of Web 3.0 high-speed internet and streaming, the internet now offers enterprising individuals an opportunity to build businesses and careers online, but large-scale organizations are increasingly failing to grant them The recognition they deserve as businesses in their own right, blind to the impact that algorithm changes and software updates can have on online-only business ventures. Perhaps the starkest example of this are the internet streamers who can make a fortune one day only to be switched off the next, often without any explanation. Imagine that you're a baker, you've built up your business from nothing starting in your garage before progressing to your own premises You have customers who come to you daily and you've spent years getting to know what they like and what works. You have strived to keep up with trends and have spent thousands on equipment, marketing, and services to help you grow even further. The business is your lifeblood. It's supporting your family, putting food on the table, and paying the bills. You're doing well. It's blooming. You're successful. One day you wake up and find your business is closed down. You have no idea why. What's worse is your customers are going elsewhere. Your business has crumbled in front of your eyes and you still don't know why. You look for guidance on what happened, but nobody can provide any. You take it up a level to your local representative. They don't know what happened. All the while, your business continues to fall apart. You eventually find that because you sold a batch of items from a different supplier, you were flagged by the system. And because of that, the system deemed it right to close down your bakery to ensure nothing else was sold from the new supplier. Your business is in tatters. The bills are mounting up and all because the computer said no. Crazy, right? If this is how a retailer or traditional business was treated, owners would be furious. Unfortunately, this is the way centralized video platforms can treat their streamers, meaning all efforts at establishing yourself as an online business can fail not because of your own mismanagement, but because you're suddenly deemed to be operating outside an obscure, obscure set of terms of service. Ultimately, it comes down to platforms failing to value the streamers they have helped grow, they have helped grow who are operating viable businesses, who are feeding their families and paying their bills. Many streamers have had access to their channels halted without explanation when inquiring as to why the only answer they can find is that for some reason, their content or a recent broadcast triggered something in the platform's algorithm that was deemed inappropriate. That's it. Thanks and goodbye. Your years of hard work are gone and you have nothing to show for it this has unfortunately become a regular occurrence for crypto and video game streamers who often report mysterious shadow bans that means that no longer that uh, that mean they no longer appear in platform search results and who find that their years of video content has mysteriously disappeared it is definitely a challenge and one An increasing number of streamers are getting fed up with. Thankfully, decentralization means that there's another way to operate and run a business as a streamer. While decentralized platforms have their own rules in terms of service to follow, using them does give content creators much more stability and a foundation from which livelihoods and careers can be built without fear of unexpected closure. A decentralized video content distribution and streaming platform means streamers can benefit directly from users watching and interacting with their channels, and they do not need to set aside a portion of their income to pay an intermediary that may be profiting from their work. Streaming to a decentralized platform means streamers never have to worry about whether their job will be eliminated in the next day because of a policy change. Centralized distribution is costly for businesses like Twitch and YouTube. They must store all of their content on their own servers. However, in a distributed system, content is shared across the network, with viewers benefiting from watching content and earning incentives for doing so. While decentralized alternatives do not yet receive the same numbers of views as centralized alternatives, the movement is growing day by day. With new platforms such as TikTok seemingly arriving out of nowhere, those who have not yet migrated will continue to be left behind. As the political landscape shifts and people become increasingly aware of an ever-growing state of control, the public is losing faith in outdated social media platforms that fail to recognize the value of its customers, that is streamers and viewers, and secure their data accordingly while providing them with a flexible environment to grow and develop their business without fear of sudden shutdown. So yeah, almost nothing about that has anything to do with Bitcoin at all, I know. But this is a thing. And you should... I mean, if we're all aware of it, but it we really... It'd be nice to see something decent, you know, a decentralized, uh, you know, media platform, especially social media that uh, was decentralized and not based on shit coinery. There's I won't even mention their names, but if you listen to me for very long, you probably know who they are. But I mean, the fact that it hasn't happened on Bitcoin yet, I, I think that just means that our focus is more on on it's the money you idiot, not anything else. But with the advent of stuff like, you know, lightning and other things are going to, they're going to happen. And I just, I honestly believe that decentralized is going to be the way to go for, for these kinds of things. I've already seen, you know, uh, there's a, a YouTuber named Wrangler Star, and he started getting demonetized when he was, I don't know, he was, had a couple of videos where he was shooting a gun and the algorithm flagged it. And he was, at least he has enough viewers that YouTube was very forthcoming to him about exactly what happened. And exactly what happened was, yeah, he got demonetized. And the only way that he could do that is they, they started demonetizing people a lot right before they released the ability to have a paid channel. So you would have, as a viewer, if I want full access to all of Wrangler Star's videos, I got to pay for it which is fine. I mean, nothing against Wrangler Star, but he had, he really didn't want to do that, but he had no choice. If he wanted to to talk about, you know, shooting a Weatherby or, you know, target practice or anything like that, the only way that he can put that on his YouTube channel and not have his channel shut down is that they they have to be locked underneath that new button that says you got to pay Wrangler Star a subscription to view these other, these, this other content. Nobody outside that is going to be able to ever see it. So that's how they handled it. That's just going to get worse and worse and worse. So just understand that. Um, we, we definitely need decentralized social media and quickly, by the way. Um, I'm just going to read. Let's see. How long is this one? I'm going to read this one. It's not very long. Cryptonews.com. Linus. There's no way I can pronounce the last name. So Linus is writing this one sometime today. Third incident hits BZX. Debt up by USD is $8 Team still praises the protocol. What the hell is this? DeFi lending protocol BZX confirmed that, quote, due to a token duplication incident, its insurance fund has transiently accrued debt of around $8 million. At pixel time, 805 UTC, BZRX ranked 138th by market capitalization, trades at $0.43 U.S., and is down by 32% in a day and 15% over the week. Kyle Kistner, get this, Chief Visionary Officer, or the CVO at BZX, said that due to a bug in their code, the user was effectively able to increase his balance artificially. Let that sink in. The user was effectively able to increase his balance artificially. The user, not a hacker, not, not, they're, they're a user. God. According to him, borrowing and trading were not impacted while the fix was identified and a new version of the affected iToken contracts were, was deployed with the balances corrected for duplications. The CVO said that the protocol was heavily audited by top security firms PickShield and Certic. Right there. Right there, guys. While the fix was identified and a new version of the affected iToken contracts were deployed, okay, they backdoored their own platform. If you're a DeFi head and you're holding BZX, I'd I'd dump that bag if I were you. That's going to do it for the morning roundup. Daily train wrecked brought to you by Jorge Stolfi, that's at Jorge Stolfi, who says, Currencies are not meant for investing. Only fools and criminals invest in them. A good currency must have some inflation, must lose a few percent of its value each year, precisely to discourage hoarding. Has Jorge ever heard of foreign currency exchange markets? Of course people invest in currencies, you moron. And what's so sad is that he's not a moron. Who is this guy? Well, he's like a computer science professor at the State University of Campinas, uh, somewhere in Brazil. Oh, will that be Campinas, Brazil. Anyway, the dude's not a complete and total moron. And yet, here we have this complete and total moronic take. Obviously, people invest in currencies. There's no way that uh, George Soros would have been as rich as he was if he hadn't been able to play markets of the year of uh, the Great British Pound, or, or the yeah the British Pound Sterling. All right, all these people like Warren Buffett isn't has they have hold money or currencies in other countries as an investment. Okay, so it's not just criminals and fools. Right. And he's, and clearly he's talking about Bitcoin. So I and the whole notion that it has to lose uh, that a, a currency to be a currency has to lose a few percent of its value a year to discourage hoarding is a textbook Keynesian thing that's taught in every university is in like even in the most basic basic economics course you're going to get that shit. It's not true. Just because somebody, a whole bunch of different people say that it's true, doesn't necessarily make it true. It doesn't have to be this way. Anyway, dad's gonna do it for your smoldering pile. Let's actually, let's have a joke, man. I mean, let's go ahead and do this one right now. Dad says, jokes. Uh, I sat down for dinner at a restaurant and the, and the waiter asked me, do you want to hear today's special? I said, yes, please. The waiter said, no problem, sir. Today is special. Terrible. Awful. That's what I love about it. It's Monday. There's not a whole lot going on. We're moving sideways. News is kind of flat. I know. It's a boring-ass Monday. But, hey, it's what I was given to work with. Maybe tomorrow will be better. Let's find out. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.